0: hey thanks so much for checking out the second students west campus podcast we are a youth ministry located in Katy, texas which is right outside of houston texas so we're so glad that you found us and you've joined us today my name is ryan herzog and you're going to hear more from me in a minute but i just wanted to give you a quick brief guide of what you're about to hear this is an excerpt from our high school bible study this past sunday where four of us youth pastors we just sat down and talked life Ministry, family, all the goodness about church and life with Jesus. Um, so check it out. We're so glad you're here.
1: Here we go. We want to just talk life, and we want to talk church and ministry. And I want you guys to uh, re- really—I would take notes if I were you—because three of the four people up here really have some good insight to life. And so um, those three, I'm the fourth. They have some good insight to life. And, um. I apologize I sound like this, but there's been some pollen in the air, and I got a little sick, so bear with me. If you pray, you can pray that I start feeling better. Thank you. So, Seth, we're just going to start out asking some questions, and in, in a little bit, you guys will have questions that you can ask as well. And um, so, if you have some that are legit, we would like to hear them, and Ryan will go out to the crowd, and you can ask that. So, good. Uh, really, Ryan, what are you drinking over there? What, what's in the cup? coffee what kind of coffee
0: uh it's made at in the cafe what does that say on the side of it it it, it's basically my gauge if i'm ready to hang out or talk with people in the beginning it says no because i haven't drank any of it and then i'm like almost there right now where are you at right now close i'm yeah i'm at almost there show the camera Uh, the The camera pick it up yeah right there see that lisa yeah
1: it looks good looks like a church oh it's great where is that cup in our cafe yeah Oh, Helps know.
0: people figure out when they're ready to interact or not.
1: That's great. That's good. Back to Seth. Seth, tell me about yourself. How long you been on staff? And um, who is gonna win the Giants versus uh, Panthers game today? Go ahead, Seth.
2: Yeah, thank you. Um, I am appreciate it. Uh, we'll start. We'll start in reverse. Uh, the Panthers are gonna beat the Giants today by two touchdowns. No um, chance. To towards Ryan, we'll, we'll have to wear, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, uh, the Panthers jersey for multiple weeks. Um, I am from originally from Charlotte and uh, moved here to Charlotte, North Carolina, moved to Houston, Texas uh, five and a half, almost six years ago, and I've been on staff since then as an intern and then uh, been a part of just some awesome things. So it's been been five and a half going on six years, and um, but yeah, I've been in high school ministry the entire time, so i absolutely loved it. Awesome. And your wife? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got a wife. Um, <laughs> forgot. It's part of my life. It's a big part, actually. I've done that, but it's okay. It's, it's a biggest. huge part of my life. Erica, seriously, she, uh, my wife is Erica. Um, she as well came Not from, my wife.
1: My wife's Erica, too, so just be careful. Yeah, it's
2: with a C, K, not a K. Yeah. Uh, well, your wife has a, a K in it, but not just. Yeah, she's um, hot. So Erica, Erica. Erica's from Richmond, Virginia. We met at Liberty University in Lynchburg at school, came down here together. I actually moved here uh, to, to be an intern because of my wife. I wanted to date her. Didn't really care about being an intern. Uh, didn't really care about working. It's truly, I uh, just wanted to, to date my wife that summer. And a lot of things changed. God said, what's up? And uh, she worked up with me twice. And uh, it, was, it was great. And we've been married for four years. She is the rock of our family. She is phenomenal. I love her to death.
1: Outside of Jesus, she is the rock.
2: Well, of course, yes. I was just
1: trying to keep it. Yeah, he's
2: number one, but she's I mean she's close. Yeah, heck yeah.
1: yeah. Ryan Herzog, tell us about yourself.
2: Like, like you
0: said, my name is Ryan. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's funny, actually I was kinda I had another thought in my head. I came to second for the same reason Seth did. For Erica? <laughs> His <laughs> I knew it. I hey, knew this, it. Hey. <laughs> Y'all, hey, this is the first time he's ever admitted. Hey, this <laughs> this is funny. But uh truly his wife Erica dating at the time <laughs> Seth didn't really like me at the time but she invited me to come to second and told me that I should come as well and that's why I came so I wasn't that, trying to I promise you I was not trying to date her though
2: Hey that is true
1: because whenever we were going to hire Ryan as an intern Seth was on staff and Seth was like I don't like that guy and I was like I don't he's a nice guy I don't understand Yeah he now and all I it. get it it's all hey, come out I get it. it Yeah okay sorry Ryan go ahead
0: but yeah, I uh, grew up my whole life in New York, went to school in Virginia, then came here as an intern six summers ago, uh, started in junior high, uh, loved junior high ministry with Evan, actually working for Evan, then moved over and started working for Seth in high school ministry, and now kind of working for everyone in both ministries and getting to be a part of, really a big part of what we do on Wednesday nights and uh, live and getting to kind of lead and be a part of that is what I'm doing now. Um, I think the coolest thing about for me and my story is that I was older than most of you in this room right now when I accepted Christ as my savior. Um, I was eighteen. I was nine days before my 18th birthday. Uh, so I was a senior in high school. I'd gone through a lot, um, self-inflicted a lot truly, made a lot of bad choices and decisions. And uh, nine days before my 18th birthday, I uh, was at a breaking point and God said, hey, why don't you start following me? And then from that day, cut off everything I was doing—drugs, alcohol, sin—as much as you can think of. What you can think of, cut it off cold that day, and have not gone back since. And uh, it's really a testament to what God's done. Truly, over the last, what is that? Eight years now. I've been on staff here for six summers, or no? Not, I'm not good at math. Nine years. <laughs> Evan, help me out. But so that's a little bit about my background, I guess. So it encourages me. I'll say. I say that to say this. I hope that encourages you. Because uh, it encourages me to see so many of you following Christ, loving Jesus, sharing him with your friends, because that's what, how I came to know Christ. I had a friend of mine in high school share with me about Jesus um, at school, on the phone, at work, multiple times, kept sharing with me about Jesus. And eventually I said yes to Christ, and that's why I'm here today. Why
1: don't you talk about that, Evan, um, or whoever wants to talk about it. Evan's been on staff for how long? Go ahead. Real quick, you talk about yourself, and then we'll move on.
3: Yeah, uh, this I been, uh, started my eighth year uh, in May, and so I worked with junior high and high school. Then junior high pastor for like, six years. Started my sixth year, and um, and I, you know, I met Christ in third grade. I really sat down and prayed, you know, like keep me from going to hell, and uh, it became real in eleventh grade. Um, actually while I was at a party, and so that was, you know, real thing. I've, I've grown up a little bit since then. i would say a little bit because it's true. It's just a little bit, and I've gotten married. and have two kids, and uh, they're, they're all beautiful people. I lucked out.
1: And so you've been on staff for how long? Seven and a half years. Seven. Seth? Five and a half. Five and a half. Ryan? Four and a half. Four. I think you're – yeah, I don't so know. So we've, we've been doing ministry together for a long time. I've been on staff for 11 years, was a junior high pastor for four years, and then everybody left, and so I was the last one standing, and they put me in charge. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) Big mistake. It's been great. Uh, And so I'll probably be here 11 more years doing the same exact thing. Um, I absolutely love student ministry for a lot of reasons. I could get into that. But what I love most about my job personally is, number one, preaching, and number two, Mm -hmm. leading my team. I get to lead an amazing group of people. Um, You guys know a lot of them. You know them probably a lot better than you know then you know me, and I love that because they're able to be in your life. And so um, I want you guys to hear from all of us some different things about, about life. Ryan, I want you to hit on leading people to Christ and not to church. That's
0: really good. There's a lot there, um, leading people to Christ and not to church. I think oftentimes as believers, what, what we do, and I know myself even, uh, I try to Push and pull people to come to church with me. I, I try to get people um, that I meet. Maybe, maybe it's some of you. Maybe it's some of you. Maybe it's people I've met at your schools or at school lunches or at events or games or or maybe uh, there was a person I met yesterday actually when I talked to them about church, and she was doing. She was my hairdresser. I guess uh, if that makes sense. But uh, and I and I talked to her a lot about church. Stop.
1: I can't let you keep going. <laughs> Don't say she's my hairdresser.
0: Is
3: that?
1: <laughs> Dude, is that the, is like is she, girls go to a
3: hairdresser. A hairdresser.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go to my hairdresser. Sorry, sorry Mary. <laughs> Where's like sports what I didn't know. Just you got your hair your hair. I got my haircut.
2: my <laughs> hair <that> cut your <laughs> hair. You, want you a sports clothes? clothes?
0: My hair cutting lady. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, you're stylist.
2: I that stylist.
0: That's yeah. good. Stylist. Yeah. Sure. I have yeah, cause I have a clothes as style. you were.
3: Sorry. Say the lady that cut your hair.
0: But what I was saying was that I, I, in the conversation yesterday, I kept trying to figure out ways that I could push her to come to church today, maybe, or I kept trying to figure out ways that I could kind of pull her in the direction of which God maybe she can get an encounter with God and then last night when I got home and uh, after this past weekend being away and, and hearing some different things, I just felt like I missed an opportunity truly that I have the power of God inside of me that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me because I am a believer in Jesus Christ and I have a message to tell. I am am a carrier of the gospel, of the good news, that it is my job not to bring people to church because the building's not going to do anything for anyone, but it's my job to show them who Jesus is. And I could have taken the opportunity in that moment to share Jesus, but instead I tried to share our church. And it goes both ways. I think that uh, I'm not telling you not to invite people to church that's you need to do that that's a good thing to do but you have the power of God inside of you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and that's called the Holy Spirit and he has given you abilities and talents and words to say and to share and he's giving you truly this is something I've learned from Michael and he'll maybe even hit on this he's given you a story each one of you have a story of what God's done in your life. And that's the most powerful thing that you can share with someone to then lead them to Christ. Because anyone can argue with the science of it, the, the, all that big head knowledge people want to talk about. But they can't argue that one day when I was 17 years old, that I was living a lifestyle of horrible sin and, and alcohol and drugs and all of this stuff. And I was wanted didn't want to be here. And then in a day, I began walking with Jesus and my life was changed. I had a purpose. I had a hope. But you can't argue with that. And each, and I would encourage each of you that you have that story, and maybe it's not like mine, and it doesn't need to be like mine, but you all have a story to tell. And I would encourage you to share your story, to, to share people, to share with people about Jesus, and then invite them to church.
1: I, yeah, I, I think Evan, you want to hit on that at all? Sharing, uh, I forgot what the question was. Bringing well, I, people to Christ versus bringing people to church. Yeah, what you know? What I would say, even
3: even when I was a even though I was a, 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 young, a young kid, it was all about getting people to church so the pastor could tell them about Christ. You know, um, and, and I felt for a long time, it was my job to bring my friends to church so my pastor could tell them about Christ because you know, I didn't truly understand that, that it was my job to tell people about Christ. You know, uh, Christ didn't tell every, every pastor, didn't give every pastor Matthew 28, the Great Commission. He gave everyone the Great Commission. And uh, it's, it's everyone's job to take the Great Commission on, on our shoulders because uh, Ephesians 2.10, you know, we, we are God's workmanship, that we are created in God's image. We are, are those bones from the dust that God breathed in the motion. We have his power. We have his spirit. And we as the, the church are the ones to carry Christ to everyone.
1: Hey, y'all are learning gold right there. I'm telling you, that is, that is gold. Um, I, I, I really feel like, don't look, don't look at it. It didn't happen. It broke, it broke. Stupid phone. I forgot to say. My phone fell and I got stressed. Seth, what would you, uh, how would you compare this youth group, which is what this is, believe it or not, to your youth group? Growing up, like, like, tell us about your youth ministry experience growing up. In 30, yes. 30 seconds. Go. I'm just kidding. You can go all day.
2: Here we go. No. Uh, so growing up, I was a pastor's son and still am to, to, to this day. And my dad is a, he's a worship pastor. Um, so I grew up in church, around church. Um, you know, I, I was kind of, in my opinion, just, just had to be there. It wasn't really a choice in my mind at times. For, for a lot of the, the, the times that I was there um, we, we moved around my dad lost his job so we went to a couple different churches growing up uh, but I spent my high school years at the same church and throughout that that time a uh, smaller church um, you know just a kind of a, an old country church if you will smaller um, but, but but a great feel. the, the student ministry itself um, there, there weren't many students involved you know there was nothing like this I mean this would have been there, there was no thought of something like, like you guys being here on a Sunday morning. And, and so for me, number one, being the pastor's kid, you know, I felt like I had eyes on me. Um, also trying to f- kind of find myself in that. So I was always getting in trouble, uh, always doing crazy things around the church. You know, there was this, this sweet old lady that was a part of our church that would always scare. Uh, and I feel horrible about that now. But at the moment, in the, in, in, during the, the times of what was her that, name? it felt awesome. Her name was Miss Daisy. Miss Daisy, that's also my dog's name. So you can tell I feel really horrible about that. And um, I had to name my dog after her. And she was blind, wasn't she? <laughs> she had. Wait, did you really? She your was dog? not blind. She had one eye. That
1: his dog, or anyways.
2: Wait, your dog
1: has one eye, or Miss Daisy? Miss
2: Daisy. Miss <laughs> Daisy had the keys to the church. Okay. See, <laughs> so, you know we would never do that here. But Miss Daisy, she unlocked the doors at 6 a.m. and and I saw my dad scare her once, and I thought that's awesome. I'm gonna do that because my dad's an awesome normal person. He loves to joke around, and so I was doing the same thing. and would get in so much trouble. It was beautiful. Um, I turned the power off once uh, at church on a Wednesday night of the whole church. It was great. Um, people freaked out. It was like a stampede. It was awesome. Um, but but my, my youth ministry was difficult, um, <laughs> truly. I never really was able to connect, number one, with a youth pastor because I had four youth pastors in four years of high school. Um, one left to go uh, do other type of ministry, another type of ministry in, in the north. Uh, one um, had to, to move on from our church because of some sin in his life that uh, was found out uh, that came to light. Uh, the other two uh, had left to go to different churches as well. And so a lot of turnover there, and so I was never, never able to really connect. Like, I can't look back and go, man, there was one youth pastor or youth pastor in my life who spoke truth to me. It really, it really wasn't. And part of it was on me, but I think that, that turnover as well was difficult. Um and so I think, I, you know, I don't know what this is like, you know, and I know that we have staff that come and go, but um, I, I would value that. And, and then also adult ministry or adult presence um, in our ministry was not a real thing. Like we didn't have adult leaders who led small groups. I mean, there were maybe two or three and it was it was spotty if they were there or not. And so very difficult to, to connect um, with some type of person who could pour into my life and then, and then going along with that whole eyes are on me type feeling. And so it created this. This difficult place in my life where I was a fake person. Yeah, and
1: I want to encourage all of you, um, and again, this isn't, hey, look at look at us, but it actually is. You guys have something so, spe- so special. You have me, I've been here 11 years, as most of you were, you know, <laughs> coming up through children's ministry. You have Evan who's been here 7 years. 7, Ryan, 5, Seth, 6, 7. Guys, that is rare. Let me, let me just tell you this. The average... The, and I know that, like, people say, well, Michael's the youth pastor. Well, truly, we're all your youth pastors, and that, that goes into Meredith, and that goes into Kale, and that goes into Tay-Tay, and that goes into to everybody, Zach, and, and our, our whole team. And what you need to understand is that the, the average length of a youth pastor in a church, does anybody know? Take a guess. I'm sorry? Three years? Four years? If you get this right, I'll be so impressed. Seven months. The average length of a youth pastor at a church is seven months. And it's always been my goal to crush that stat. And I have. I've been doing youth ministry for 18 years. That's a long time. Full time. Okay? And, and, and these guys, the same thing. People are like, well, Michael, why don't you go and start another church? Or why don't you go and be a senior pastor in another church? Why? And the truth is, I've had multiple options to do that, multiple options to go and be. And take over a church and to do all this stuff but the truth is man i i don't really want to right now god hasn't really made it clear that that's what i want to do because i see what god is doing in here and i see what he's doing through all of you and through my my team that i love this is my family and so i want you to kind of remember that as you guys graduate and you move on you're going to be like man that was some good times and I want you to, and this is a word I've made fun of in the past, but I really am enjoying saying this. I want you to really lean in more to your student ministry that we have, that, that God has for you and, and, and the people that pray and work so hard at this church so that you can have a place to grow your roots in Christ so that when you graduate, man, you, you, your walk with him is awesome. So don't miss it. Man, be all in. Like, do whatever you can at the church. Like, come and hang out with us. Get to know us more. And so, I, I just think it's so cool. You know, the, the same thing for me in youth ministry. Actually, not at all. I had one youth pastor growing up when I decided to go, and he was awesome. He changed my life. I wanted to be him. And, uh, and, and I guess I kind of got to. He was a little bit crazier than me, which is unbelievable. But I wanted to be like that guy. And that's the reason I'm in ministry is because this guy named Louis Giglio was preaching And uh, he said, if you want to go to ministry, stand up. And I stood up.
2: I was like, oh, no, what am I doing?
1: And he said, if you're going to do this, you need to really do it. And I'm I'm still doing it. Just to to play on that a little bit. um, You watch Ryan. Y'all watch body language, okay? Ryan, the whole time I was talking, was doing this. Free to speak, man. Which means, and he was moving a little bit like, hey, hey, by run. the way, by the way, we have a cougar in the room. There's a cougar in the room. If you're a cougar, stand up. Oh, there you go. Sorry, I got. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what was going to happen in that moment. <laughs> I was stressed.
2: Just a word.
0: Let the real cougar stand up. There you go. Thank you.
1: No, no, yeah, but, I, but that's I, funny. I look back on that and think that was funny. I thought Todd Taylor was gonna stand up. <laughs> go ahead. I don't
0: know what to say. I Sorry, I can go. I'll jump in. Oh, oh, I, got some, I got something good. I got something good. I promise. Can I go next after Ryan? I wanted to add on. I wanted to add on this. <laughs> Truly, this is this is really good. Like you said, you've been doing this for eighteen years. Been at Second Baptist Church eleven years. Loving students. Saw a lot of people come from really young. Probably in this room. <laughs> Saw them. I think that part of that is the way that, not just you lead our team, not just the way you lead our student ministry, but a bigger part of that is who you are outside of this building, who you are off of the stage, how you lead yourself and your family on a daily basis in your walk with Christ. I want you to understand something, and he's probably would never say this, but the person that you see on the stage right now and the person you see on the stage on Wednesday nights is a Off the stage is an even better, if that even makes sense, is a better Christian. His time with the Lord every day is amazing. Like, you want to know about discipline, you want to know why he's able to speak and is anointed and blessed the way that he is on stage, is because the way he lives his life off of the stage. And I think it's something that the three of us up here, we try to model at times. We try to, man, a lot of people want the stage, but they don't want to do the work when no one's watching in order to have the stage when everyone's watching. And this guy does. So I, I want you to share a little bit in this room, maybe a couple of things that you do on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, in your walk with God, in your life. I mean, it's not just a spiritual stuff, but you do some physical stuff and things like that that have helped you maintain and uh, sustain your walk and your ministry uh, over the last 18 years.
1: Thank you. Um, number one, when I wake up and my feet hit the floor, I, I pray, number one, before I look at my phone. I, I, not every time, but most of the time. Um, but once my feet hit the floor or once I turn and I wake up, I am praying right there in that moment. Not out loud because I have a bear sleeping next to me. Her name is Erica. She's about 4'9 and could crush my soul if I wake her up. And so um, that's that's number one. I start my day with with him, and that's and I'm not, you know, I don't I don't like talking about this stuff, but you asked me to do it. Number, uh, so so that's that's what I do. Now I've switched up my devotion time to not doing it at the church in the morning. I do it at my house. My wife has the, she bought me a little desk and a little light and all the stuff in my room, so I can which I I've been wanting for forever. I've never had that, and so for the past month, I've been able to read my Bible. Um, after I go to the bathroom, um, I, I read my Bible uh, right there. And the reason for that is this, and I realize this, and you need to listen to this. I don't do it to be showy, but I want my kids and my wife to know that I'm spending time with the Lord. Because, because that's the reason, one of the reasons I'm doing what I'm doing, because I always saw my grandfather reading the Bible, and I didn't know what that meant. And so now I'm able to do that. And it, again, it's not being showy, but it's being an example And maybe you need to do that for your family. Maybe you need to be that example of reading the Bible. Um, I try to work out every day, and I have failed at that the past year and a half. And that's real. I'm being very honest with you. I've really struggled um, as far as working out, as far as an an inward battle of eating. This is real life. And, um, but I I want to, I want to go work out, but I, I haven't done a good job of that. And, um... Before I get out of my truck when I go work out, I always read Jesus Calling. Um, it's on. It's an app. I read it, and a lot of people say don't read that devotional because Jesus didn't say those things. And I tell them to shut up. I don't really care what you think. It's a great devotional. Um, during the day, I keep my head on a swivel, constantly looking for people that need Jesus. Constantly, and it—you can just tell when you're praying and you live in a and you live in a place of. Of discernment you can know when people need jesus and you just ask them you just ask them hey do you know christ do you go to church i mean we were in atlanta this past week and we asked our sweet waitress She was from katie believe it or not I'm like what she's in atlanta so constantly looking for ways to share christ i don't get mad when i'm driving ever it's stupid if you get mad when you're driving grow up adults i hope this hits you real hard because the truth is, when you're in the car, you act like you're, you're not with Christ, but really he's the same everywhere you are. I never get mad while I'm driving, ever. I don't say that to brag, I say that because that should change your life. Why? Who cares? It's not a big deal. You can't do anything about it, except get shot. So I try to stay calm when I'm driving, because I drive a lot. I tell you that because I feel like you want to know what I do. Yeah. I, I, it's something I do, I don't get mad when I drive. When I come to work, I love on my family, these people. I love on them. And that may be hard love. It may be like, hey, what are you doing? You need to go home and change your clothes, which I've done to my staff before. True? Yes, sir. It may be, what the, did you say on stage the other day, Seth? It may be hard love, but it may be good love as well. Um, The way I structure my life is God, family, ministry. If you don't work in a church, it should be God, family, your job. God, family, your job. You should never work on Wednesdays as a teenager and you should never work on Sundays as a teenager. Ever. Why? Because those are the most important days of your life when it comes to church. When it comes to your walk with the Lord. Don't work on Sundays and Wednesdays. And if if they don't hire you, say, sorry, I can't work here. When you're an adult, don't work on Sundays. Don't. If they don't hire you, okay because that's going to show you what's most important in your life, and God will honor that. Look at Chick-fil-A. They're not open on Sunday, and they're one of the best fast food chains in the country, and they're not open on Sunday. Don't work on Sunday. God took a day off. Your day off shouldn't be Monday. I'm sorry. It shouldn't be I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. God, family, ministry, when I go home at 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock or 3, whenever I get home, this thing is away from me. People try to call me, text me, all this stuff all the time. I will not answer it unless I can. You can call me. I may not answer and It may make you mad. I do not care because I'm with my family. I'll call you back. It's 2018, and if I can answer it, I do. But I'm not available to everybody 24-7 like some pastors are. Understand this. I'm not going to lose my family by saving yours. We had a girl commit suicide that was in our ministry two years ago. She committed suicide this past weekend. Horrible. I'd been gone for a week. Did I go to her house yesterday? I didn't. I went to my house to spend time with my family. We will go to her house today. God Family Ministry. Before I go to bed, my wife and I go to bed at the same exact time every single night. We lay down in the bed at the same time. We've been doing that for eight years now. I don't stay in the living room and watch sports. I don't play video games at all because I'm not a child. I spend time with my family, I spend time with my wife, and we go to bed at the same exact time, and before we fall asleep every single night for the past eight years, as long as we've been together, I kiss her on the forehead, I pray for her most of the time, most of the time, not all the time, and I say, I love you, and we go to sleep. Do we do a devotion together? No, we've tried. It's horrible. It doesn't work. Okay, we don't read, like, well, I don't know what you would read, but we don't do that. It's if impossible. Should. Anyways, the biggest thing is this, y'all. I, I just you, you want me to say this? The, the truth is, and I'm not bragging, but I work really hard. I work really, really, really hard to be like Christ. Well, I'm no longer here anymore, I don't want someone to say, man, he was a great preacher. Man, he, he was a great youth pastor. Man, he, he could, Whatever. I want him to say that he loved Jesus with all of his heart. That's it. I don't want Seth to have to lie at my funeral. That's real. You're not going to see me at a bar drinking alcohol. You're not going to see me. You're not going to see me at. I don't know what else other things there are. I mean, I just this is that's, just, that's just how I am. As far as like, you know, I try to. Well, I'll shut up. That's it. That's all I got. I took that took way. I took thirty minutes. It's good. I think it's really, really good.
0: Um, one of the things that I stood out to me most, truly, I said this, and I don't want to hog this at all, but you um, talked about Wednesdays and Sundays for them, about how making that a priority. I think that that's something that I found in my life as I make habits and um, priorities in my life. Um, I'm about to get married. I didn't mention that in the beginning, but in February, and one of the things um, this couple, this past weekend, I think it was Evan son had a birthday party on Saturday morning, and uh, one of the things I'm building, I try to build into my life is that on Saturdays, Saturday mornings is going to be a time for me and my family. That's how, that's how it was when I grew up, but that's, that's something that I'm going to build into my life, and I know I'm not married yet, and I don't have kids, and there's going to be a lot that goes into that, but, but now, it's about building habits in your life that are going to sustain over time, that are going to help you be like Christ, um, and, how, and that starts now, and, and you've heard this before, it goes with dating. I mean, you've heard this from the stage before. When you just date and break up and date and break up, date and break up, what are you doing? You're practicing divorce. That's all you're doing. So build habits now in your life. I wish, I wish someone would have told me this when I was 16. Build habits now in your life that protect your relationship with Christ and make it number one. Build habits now.
1: Evan, if you could tell your 15-year-old self anything, what 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 would you say?
3: Uh, I would tell myself to get help. Honestly, I mean, as a as a fifteen year old, um, I I've been struggling with you know a lot of things for multiple years, and um, the deepest rooted sin that. Will forever be a part of my life. Will forever be, um, in, you know who I am and part of my testimony. You know I've been in my life for four years at this time, and uh, I would I would scream and yell and probably punch myself in the face and say, "Get help!" You know, you you're not in it alone. What but was it? It was pornography. You know, um, I I was exposed to pornography in fifth grade, and. Uh, and it was by a friend. It was at school by a friend. You know, m- my parents, you know, we, they drug me to church every single Sunday. They tried to be the best they could. And the, But the exposure's real. And that's before um, smartphones were a real thing. And, you know, in fifth grade, uh, computers were really just coming into everyone's home. You know, they, they were still big boxes. <laughs> um, and so... I would really tell myself to get help that it's okay, that you're not alone, that you don't have to walk through it alone, that you don't have to deal with it alone, and that there are people who deal with the same things that you've dealt with that can help you.
1: Right? Actually, I'm tired of hearing from you. Seth? Yeah, same question. We'll go uh, 16-year-old self.
2: Um, I would tell myself that, look, Seth, you don't have to be perfect. Um, gosh, I get emotional, but I, for me, um, I mean, that was, that was my life is, I think, because of my personality, truly, um, and I know I can joke about it at times, but I'm a very um, regimented, organized person, uh, and I think because of the way I grew up, um, just being a, a pastor's kid, Um, And and that means, like I said earlier, people looking at me, uh, at least feeling that way, uh, trying to be at times something I'm not and trying to be uh, trying to be perfect. I would tell myself, look, dude, you know, because here's for me on the outside. If you looked at my life in high school, you'd think, man, Seth is he's awesome. He crushed at Awanas. If you know what that is, he's got every single, you know, verse that he's been given, memorized. His grades are great. Um, he plays sports, even though he's horrible at it, he gives it his all. Um, and, but, but inside I was just dying because I tried to be perfect in everything that I did. And I felt like I expected that from my parents and I never really had a conversation about, Hey, Hey, what do you expect from me? And, and that was never, it, it was never clear to me. Look, dude, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay to mess up. It's okay to sin. It's okay, you know, to, to make wrong choices, to struggle with things. And so because of that, I've got to be perfect. I kept it all inside. And, man, it, it killed me until I was 18 years old. Destroyed me. Uh, very, very difficult for me. So that's what I would say. I would say, look, it's okay. You know, going on, on to what Evan said, that's step two. Look, admit, hey, look, I'm not perfect. I messed up. Sin. Uh, the struggle with temptation is real. And then get help. I think that's what I would tell myself.
1: Um. When did you like with with the uh, pornography, um, when did that kind of when did you stop? like when is that really like you've realized, man i I need to really work on this like what what happened back in the day that
3: um, I mean when I met Jesus, I really started having the conviction, I say, I really put a separation there between when I asked Jesus to get me out of hell and when I really started following Jesus, because there was a big difference in my life, you know, 11th grade was when that really took root, and that really happened, and when I really started realizing that what I was doing was wrong because of Jesus, because Jesus calls us to be something greater than who we are, because Jesus calls us to be separate from sin, separate from evil, separate from darkness, because Jesus can take
1: us and save us from that darkness. Uh, I mean, I, I love that. You know, you're, you're seeing four guys up here that, I man, we, we got struggles and issues and problems. Um, you know, I, I go to a counselor, y'all know this, once a month, I, I, I struggle with anxiety, Um, I haven't told everybody this, but I I do. I struggle with anxiety, and I'm on medication for it. That's probably the first time I've said that from the stage. Um, Social anxiety disorder is what I struggle with, which is unbelievable, because that means I don't like to be around large crowds. And it just, it, it, but I'm doing so much better with it, like seriously recovering like crazy. I've had some great conversations with people who have, they're now in counseling and getting help. And uh, I I just, you're going to be, you're going to hear real, from on this stage, from everybody. We're just going to be honest with you. Um, and it changed my life. I've, I've, been, I've been doing this now for a year. And uh, my life, I, I feel so free. I can't even tell you the freedom and the changes. I, I used to not like to go to parties with my wife. I used to not like to go to, to dinners. I used to not like to do a lot of stuff. And I just wanted to stay home. But now, it's like I enjoy those things. So you're like, you're weird. I know. Okay, I get it. And, uh, but you're seeing people who, man, we all struggle with stuff and we're real because understand the salvation doesn't, you know this if you've been around me for the past month, salvation, when you accept Christ, uh, temptation doesn't stop. If you struggle with homosexuality and you accept Christ, the temptation doesn't go away. You're not all of, all of a sudden, you don't have that struggle anymore. If you struggle with lying and you accept Christ, the temptation doesn't go away. It's a daily fight and a daily battle. And I want you to know this, that we love you and Christ loves you. No matter what your struggle is, your temptation is not your name. Your temptation is not your name. Your name is Christ. Your name is, is in Jesus. And I hope that frees some of you again. Because, man, that's, that's sometimes we can just hate ourselves because of what the enemy wants us to think about. We've got to stop having conversations with snakes. Eve. You know, we've <laughs> we got to stop. Hey Ryan, answer this question, or answer this. I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Um, isolation creates burnout. Isolation. When I say that, and I want you to think. Um, I, I, I want you to think technology in that in that question. Isolation creates burnout, not just in ministry, um, but with your walk with the we're created for community. Yeah, um,
0: it's, it's true. I mean, we are created to be together. I mean, we saw that in the beginning. Uh, uh, Michael just talked about Adam and Eve a little bit at Live, if you were there, that, w- that, that we were created to be in community. We're created to be together. That's why this place on Sunday morning has such a purpose. Um, maybe you just come and you just hang out, but that's creating purpose because you're designed to do life together. You're not designed to do it by yourself. And I think as you talked about, you you said with technology a little bit, um, we think that this is connecting us with people, but really what this is doing is it's isolating us. That we think because I can get on Marco Polo and I can laugh at Kale when he's a million miles away doing something funny that it's creating connection. No, 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 no. I would tell you that's actually isolating you because what it's doing is it's allowing you to look it's it's letting you look down not really talk to anybody not have communication with anybody and I could just talk to a screen rather than to a human we did this the other night we we kind of looked at our screen time uh, and that's an app if you have an iPhone um, or it's a part of your phone and you can look at your screen time and you can see where you're spending your time on your phone how many times you pick it up you know what as I've looked at it and not just this week but in the past I've seen that I, I pick up my phone, and I, I don't want to look at it right now because it'll make me mad again, but I pick up my phone almost 18 times an hour on average. Pick it up. That like Sometimes it's just like this once, or sometimes I'm, I'm on it for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, and I think that I find that I don't like conversations with people, so what do I do is I pick up my phone. I go to Twitter, and I think I'm having community there. I think that I'm... I spend Eight hours in the last week, and which is Evan is smart at math, so he could tell you the overall hours that there is without with me being awake, so eight awake hours on Instagram last week I did ryan That's that 's not good that 's not creating community that 's not helping me walk in my relationship with god that 's not helping me to interact with people and to grow and to learn with people i 've learned more. Sitting with people than i 've ever le- learned reading the Bible on my phone that that 's true that some people I just read the Bible on my phone no i don 't do that, but that 's not you 're supposed to be with people, do life with people that 's why small groups that 's why we do them in this room and maybe you 've never maybe you 've never been told that maybe this is a reminder for you that 's why you do that 's why we do small groups in here. we want to give you an opportunity to sit around not just to answer questions that are on a page that maybe you don 't even understand, but we want you to sit around and to, to talk life with each other and to understand that each one of you have struggles and, and truly to understand that your small group leader has struggles, but they've also walked through a lot of the struggles you have and their purpose and their goal is to help you, that you don't have to walk down those same paths. And maybe when you do, that they're, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna come up next to you and they're gonna put their arm around you and say, hey, we're gonna walk through this together. See, this is, I don't even know if this is on topic, but what we like to do as people, and especially as pastors, is is we like to get up, and we like to say, hey, I see your life, and I'm going to start pulling you maybe this way, and I'm going to pull you that I want you to get out of this sin, or I want to pull you to get out of what you're doing, or maybe I'm just going to, it's not a pull, it's a push. I need to push you out of your sin, and that's what we do as friends at times. Maybe if you have friends that are non-believers, that's what you do. No, 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 I think the Bible teaches us The Bible says, hey, if you see someone that maybe is struggling or or, or is having a hard time, the Bible doesn't say to push or to pull. The Bible says, hey, why don't you sit down in their life? Why don't you put your arm around them and say, hey, I know you got some struggles and some pain, but we're going to walk through this thing together. That's what it's about. And that's why we do this thing called small groups is we want to give you an opportunity to walk together in life, to work through issues, to get through things because we got issues. I mean, I've been on staff for like I said, five years and there's been real issues. I remember the day my grandfather passed away, one of the biggest role models in my entire life, and I sat upstairs in an office and I cried and I was upset and I was broken. I'm getting emotional thinking about it. No one really said anything. I walked into his office and I'm getting emotional. He didn't really say anything. He didn't say it's gonna be okay. He didn't say, hey, you're gonna get through this. You know what he did? He put his arm around me and he said, it's not gonna be okay at the moment. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be difficult. But hey, we're gonna get through this thing together and we're gonna walk through it together. And that's why we that's why we do this on Sunday morning. We have to be willing to walk with people that are standing next to us. Because if not, we get on Instagram and we're like, man, this person's life is so cool, and mine is so boring. Like, if you're an adult and you own a home and you get on and you see like Chip and Joanna Gaines home, you're like, man, my life sucks. Look at their house. They got shiplap. I don't even know what that is. But we're not meant, that's not what it's meant. It's meant for us to do life together. And what this does is that it isolates us and it helps us to compare to something that's not real. And when you really live life with people and you're real with people, then you get to see God. You get to grow in your relationship. You get to walk together. So I, I don't know if that answers the question, but.
1: That was good. I feel like I should sit by Evan now after that whole thing. That's a good point. That was good, really, Ryan. I'm I'm super proud of you. It's good. Um, you know, your phones. Um, here, here's here's we, we went to a deal. We learned a few things, and and something that they said is that people are dying now, fifteen to twenty years younger than they were ten years ago, and it's the truth because of this right here. Is because so many people we are actually just just working and living on these devices and they are killing us legit. They are hurting our minds and our brains.
2: I don't allow my kids to play with an
1: iPad. You want to see someone who, you, you want to see someone really mad at a restaurant? Watch me when the family next to me has two kids and their kids are on their freaking iPhones or iPads with headphones on. you lazy parents. I feel that with all my heart. somebody like, that guy's a jerk. I don't really care what you think. That's how I truly feel because it is laziness. My kids don't hang out on iPhones and iPads all day long. Why? Because I care about their life whenever they are in high school and whenever they're out. Because I want them to be creative. I want them to go play outside and not look at, I mean, there's kids in my neighborhood, they come out and play, and they're holding an iPad or an iPhone, and they're the same age as my seven-year-old daughter. And I tell that kid to put their phone up. I'm not their parent, but I love them. Y- y- y'all remember playing outside without anything? Y- y'all, y'all are like the last generation that's ever going to remember that. You're the last one that's going to remember to go and like make a fort in your room with sheets. Y'all remember that stuff? Building Legos? Good times. Guys, you're laughing. I, I want you to understand the joy right now that, is in that-, that-, that you guys are-, are-, are, understand what's happening right now. You're thinking back to amazing fun memories. But the truth is now people are saying, man, I, you know Fortnite. And some kids think that's really cool. Let me tell you what that game is doing to your relationships and your life. It's killing you. Why don't you be the teenager that whenever someone's, like I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never played the game Fortnite. I don't care, I couldn't even tell you anything about it except some dances that my kids do. My kids don't play Fortnite. My, my daughter gets on the bus and someone says something about Fortnite and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she tries to lead that kid to Christ. The kid comes back and says, God's not real. She says, oh, yes, he is. That's a real conversation my seven-year-old had with a kid on a bus two weeks ago. And it's not because of me. It's because we try to show them Christ. Students, you want to be different? You want to gain followers on Instagram? You you, you, You want to be popular? Then don't look like everybody else. Don't look like everybody else. Michael, why in the world do you have 13,000 people on Instagram? Honestly, because people are bored and stupid. I've, been, I've, I've eliminated 3,000 people from following me because I don't know who they are. Just delete, 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 block, 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 block. Why would you do that? Because I don't know them. And they don't know me. And they're weird. And they need to put clothes on. You, you, you guys want to be popular and cool? Then stop living like the world. Jesus was really, really, if he was on Instagram, he would like have more than anybody. Why? Because people were interested in his life because he was so different. Not like different because you're trying to get attention to be different. Not like that human, a lot of you in this room. But different like he just didn't really care what people thought. And he went into synagogues and churches and turned stuff over and changed. If you look on Instagram and, you, and your posts and everything look just like everybody else, and you're, how you're dressing, and the things you're doing, and the way you talk, and the games you're playing, the, the texts that you're sending, and the emojis that you're using, just like everybody else, you're no different. Be a leader. Stand up for stuff. You want to do a Bible study at your school? Uh, you should want to. You should want to. Parker Eichenberger, by the way, his parents are still here and serving. I used to pick Parker Eichenberger up on Thursday mornings and take him to Wood Creek Junior High for the Bible study that he started. I would get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, drive to his house, pick him up, and take him to school because he wanted to start a Bible study at his school. Now, somehow, he's hanging out on the sidelines at the Cougars games. What about you? What are you doing? No one's doing that at your school. Or if they are, you do it and do it better. Do it better. Start a Bible study that's like called, like, you're not going to go to hell if you come here. <laughs> people will come. They're like, what the hell is that? Like, come, come in here. You're not going to hell. It is the whole thing with hell. <laughs> Guys, people will come. People will come. And if the principal says, you can't do that, say, I'm going to. I, I'm, I'm going to. Well, you can't. I'm going to. You can't. I'm going to. Well, you can't do it in the church or in the, in the school. Okay, I'm going to out here. You can't. I'm going to do it on the sign. You, you guys, don't miss it by trying to look like everybody else. Don't miss it because, you're, because the world is telling you one thing. I'm very passionate about these things. Obviously, you know that because I love you so much and I don't want a bunch of students to leave here and you graduate and you're just a normal student. Be different. Take a stand. So we're going to take a few minutes and ask some. You guys have some questions. We have nine minutes left because I talked way too much, as really Ryan did. Ryan wins the most talk award, but that was really good. Um, if you have a question, raise your hand. For any of us, about anything, try to be somewhat serious. I know I stepped on some toes today. People are like, oh, that guy's a jerk. We can agree to disagree, but I'm right.
2: How do you deal with your kids, like, not using electronics? Because do they say, like, oh, well, other kids do it. Why can't we? Me? I
1: don't, I don't have kids.
2: So. <laughs>
0: that
1: I don't know of yeah, so my son, Ayler, like, they do try to pull that stuff. Like, well, well, blah, blah, neighbor, blah, blah, all this stuff. Here's what I say. I don't care what they say. I don't care what they do. I'm your daddy. <laughs> that's, that's real life. That's real. I mean, I get it. I was a kid, too. I still act like one a lot of the time. Well, they get to do it. Why don't I? I mean, we as a family, we don't go out to eat ever. Like, like, like at church, everybody goes out to eat as a family. Not me, I'm going straight home, Sit on the couch, especially during the fall, watching football. My kids are like, well, everybody else is going to eat. I don't care. You're not. Why? Because I'm not. But, but the truth is, they, they're kids, you know. They want to look at an iPad. And, and they do every now and then, but we limit it. We have Alexa. Alexa starts a clock for 20 minutes. If they're on an iPad, it'll be for 20 minutes total that day. That's it. Compared to some of you in this room, if I, if I grabbed your phone right now and I said, let me see your screen time, you'd be embarrassed. <laughs> I think we're going to do that one day. I'm just going to get up and go, give me your phone. You don't have one. All right. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Somebody else.
2: I thought it was pointing somewhere else. Evan, how'd you stop, man? Um, how, what, um, what, what did you, did you like set goals? Or like, what, how'd you, how'd you stop?
3: Man, it was, yeah. I'll start here. It is, I said that it's still part of my DNA and it's still part of who I am. It's still part of my testimony because struggles don't go away. They don't. And uh, I mean, sitting here as a married man with two kids who I love my wife and I love my kids and I'm fully 100% devoted to them and I am fully in on getting rid of anything that is going to tear us apart 100%. Um, I can tell you that 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 struggle is always there. But I can tell you what what I did was I got help from people I knew that could help me. A, a counselor, um, men in my life who could come around me and, and encourage me and keep me accountable. And it took a lot of humility on on, on me, and my part, because you know I still I still struggle with I still struggle with pride in quite a few areas, but humility is is so important. In, in all of our lives um, and, and it became really evident when, when I when I was walking through the the beginning stages uh, of that battle and that fight
1: and I, I think one of the greatest things of if you want to if you have a struggle the greatest thing is to say you have a struggle and say it out loud to your parents just say it whatever that is whatever that is again i 'm right now on a whole nother level when it comes to helping people that struggle with homosexuality. Like, that is a big, I have a heart for that right now. And if you struggle with that, you need to tell your parents. That's real life. Because they, believe it or not, no matter what you think, they love you so much. They love you so much, no matter what you think. And they want to help walk you through that because they don't want you to struggle on your own. If you struggle with, you know, whatever that may be, just say it because here's the greatest thing is that by you telling that story, Eventually, one of your friends may hear that, and you may help set them free. You, you may help them. There's people in this room that I've talked about anxiety, and now they are overcoming their anxiety because of me willing, being willing to share that from the stage. Just share it. It's okay. Nobody wants you to be perfect. He still struggles with that. He fights it every day. You all struggle with stuff. All right, I'm done. Yeah.
3: I well, I, I would add one more thing to that. I mean, confession. I mean, there's, there's so many, that's exactly what you said. There's so, many, there's so many times in the Bible where confession is an avid part.
1: And you need to take part in that. You need to do it. God said to Adam, where are you? Why did God say that to Adam when, when he knew where Adam was? Why? He wanted Adam to confess. The first time you see confession the Bible is right there. Adam, where are you? He's God. He knows where he is. Are you kidding me? Quit playing games,
0: God. Well, hey. Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you really enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, and that we would love to connect with you and talk more about if that is something that you would love to do. And you can do that in two ways. You can either follow us at Second Students West on Instagram or on our Facebook page at Second Students-West Campus. And we would love to connect more with you. And also make sure you're following our podcast. We podcast every Wednesday night, our message that we do at Live, which is our student service. And uh, I think that you'd really be blessed enjoy it. So make sure you follow us on both Spotify and iTunes and on Instagram and on
2: Facebook. We love you and we're praying for you. We hope you have an incredible day.